Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Now onto the show. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul-searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month. And you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Today, this feels totally random because um, Shay and I have literally just recorded 10 minutes of the podcast that got messed up with the audio a few weeks ago. So we've kind of just had this very random 10-minute conversation to try and make up for what was lost in our previous recording, and then we just cut the conversation midway, stopped, and now we're starting again with this brand new episode. So it's a little bit crazy in the kombucha <laughs> color at the moment, but that's just how we roll. That's how we roll. Okay. 
Great, thank you. And I'm glad that you brought up this word crazy because that's kind of where we are aiming to land this podcast today in, in the land of crazy. So <laughs> welcome. Depending on perspective. Depending on perspective, yes, that is 100% true. But otherwise, yeah, I am good. Life's good. I know that you were recently away for your wedding anniversary. Do you want to tell us about your trip away with them? Yeah, so this weekend just gone, Ben and I went away to Poland for a long weekend. We went to Krakow. I don't know if you say Krakow or Krakow. Krakow. <laughs> Either way, we went to the capital of Poland. And um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's I'm now I'm just wondering, is Krakow the capital? I'm going to Google it. Okay, you Google. <laughs> it's because I don't want to offend any Polish people. No, we don't want to offend Polish people at all. We don't want to offend anybody. But while Anna is Googling, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who has left a comment or left a review. I got such a beautiful message from one of my friends, Sarah, the other day who listens to the show and she said that she was driving from a meeting the one day and she had kombucha and color playing. And she just said, it just feels like she's listening in on a conversation in a really like supportive group of women and how wonderful it was to feel just supported and loved and really in a happy, high vibe place. So thank you so much to everybody who shares and comments and leaves feedback for us. We so appreciate it. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, and um, I think we say this all the time, but we created this podcast. It was just because we wanted to create. We didn't have any attachment to the outcome or how things should be or what our ranking should be or how many listeners needed to listen or download. Of course, it would be nice to get more for our need for significance, but um, <laughs> you know, we we didn't really have any attachment, and it's just something that we love to do each week. So we really appreciate that. It's Warsaw, is the capital of Poland, everyone. So okay. Listen to that little niggle of self-doubt and double-checked. So <laughs> ben and I went away to for the weekend, and it was actually just such a lovely time to be away. I've had a lot going on recently with my own health and my energy levels, and it was just so lovely to experience being in a completely different environment and I logged out of my social media apps I logged out of my email and we just spent so much time outside walking around the city we went to some of like the nearby um, parks and green spaces we ate incredible food we went to some really amazing restaurants and, and so affordable if you're coming from the UK with your pounds and um, we also did a pilgrimage to Birkenau and Auschwitz which was obviously less, you know, less of a pleasant experience, so to speak, but I think a, a really humbling experience and a, re a really important thing to do to remind us about how lucky we are to live the lives that we live every day. So when you were in that, in that whole experience, what was going through your mind, your heart, your body? Did you feel any different? Like, how did it feel? Yeah, well, mostly there, there were some times when it was actually quite emotional and I was trying not to cry <laughs> because we were in like a tour, like a tour group. So I didn't really want to cry in front of everybody in the tour group. But just I think, you know, when you when you put things into perspective about the hardship that some of these people you know, we're forced to go through it, you know, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, here we are now with our mobile phones and our Wi-Fi and our international holiday destinations. And we really, really are so privileged to have everything that we have in this world. 
I totally agree. I remember when we were in South America for Christmas last year, we went to Ushuaia and, and it has a end of the world prison. And I remember walking through this prison, slightly different experience, but that feeling of, I don't know, like the energy in that space of walking through this prison where you can just imagine all the stuff that went on and the kind of people that were in there and it just gives me like shivers down my spine. And like, I can, I said to my mom while we were there, I was like, I can really feel like this heaviness in here. Like it's, it's almost like it's an energy that's just like, like it gives me shivers. And Warren couldn't understand it. He was like, go and stand in that room. And I was like, I don't want to be in that room. Like there's a model of like a creepy guy standing in the corner and he wants me to take a picture. And I was like, I, I really, I, it creeps me out to be in here because I get this feeling of like, I don't know if it's like reading energy or something, but it just feels really creepy. So yeah, it's like, it's like that, that reading something that's been in the history of that space. And I don't know if you have ever had that kind of experience of. Well, when we went to, when we went to Auschwitz, I put on like my rose quartz crystal necklace and my rose quartz crystal bracelet. And I had black tamalin in my pockets and <laughs> I was hoping this is like a security check and you had to hand in like your, you know, had to have your bag or your mobile phone checked or whatever. And I was like, I hope they're not going to ask me to empty my pockets. <laughs> crystals, <laughs> crystals, crystals. So like I, being aware of the impact of energy and what I might feel I did actually take precautions to protect myself um, before we went and because I've been having so um, many challenges recently with my energy I was like I'm not taking the risk I'm gonna crystal myself up (laughs) (laughs) so that is that is actually like a perfect segue into what we are wanting to chat about today is kind of the woo-woo things that Anna and I do and I think there is definitely a sliding woo-woo scale and I've actually had in my head a cartoon about the sliding woo-woo scale so I want to draw one of that don't want to draw that up but what are some of the other woo-woo things that you do other than loading your crystal other than loading crystals into your pockets (laughs) what are some of the other crazy things that you do so I I think I've been definitely going down this woo-woo slippery slope um probably since uh, since I started working with Colleen which was actually almost two years ago now and um, Colleen is a Reiki healer who we've interviewed her um on the show in a previous episode I think it's eight or seven off the top of my head And a lot of this has been her input, but I guess, you know, as you start to change your vibration and you start to meet people who are on the similar journey and similar path, you pick up bits and pieces from them, or you read little bits and pieces in books, and you start to adopt all these different things that you do each day. So I think most people are familiar with, um, or generally speaking, most people are familiar with smudging with sage. And so sage is has been used in many different ancient cultures for cleansing. You can use it to cleanse your crystals um, or you can use it to cleanse your home. And when I did my Reiki level one and two with Colleen, she would always say, you know, you, before you work with someone, you would sage the, you sage in the room to, um, you know, clean the energy of the room. And maybe you would sage yourself afterwards to cleanse yourself after practicing Reiki with someone. And I must say that every now and again, I do get this feeling like I just need to do the whole house. I just sense this like change in energy in the house and I feel like I need to give the whole house like a blitz and make it really clean and open all the windows and do the sage smudging in every room and just like send all the energy 
that that kind of heavy, like stuffy, like stuck energy that you were describing and kind of just get it moving, get it cleansed and send whatever I don't want in the home out the windows. I remember doing a saging practice after there was a whole lot of builders in our house doing renovations on the kitchen and the bathroom. And after that, it was a really low time. It was over Christmas or it was just before Christmas. So it was really dark and cold. And I had some kind of huge mouth infection where the whole side of my face swelled up and I had all these people in and out the house the whole time. And it was difficult to work. And I remember just feeling like, sure, oh, this is, it feels so heavy. <laughs> I thought that was your phone. <laughs> it feels so heavy. And I wanted to kind of also the same feeling of making it lighter, letting things go. So I also went around the house and smudged and saged into the corners of the house. And at the end of it, I felt a lot better. And I think that's the thing with this diving into the woo-woo world is that sometimes it can feel like, is this real? What am I doing? This is crazy. And such an interesting example I have of that is Again, Colleen was the one who told me about this, but she had said to me, you know what, you're feeling, you are carrying everybody's energy, you're carrying a lot of people, you need to go into the kitchen, take a knife and cut people's auras from you. And I'm like, this is bizarre. Like, what? I'm going to cut people's auras from me. And she's like, you stand in the kitchen and you take a knife from your feet and you travel it alongside your body. You don't, you're not actually touching yourself, but you travel it alongside the body, up over your head and down the opposite side of your body. And it was in a place, also, I was feeling quite low and just had a real, like, also stagnant feeling of energy and just, yeah, just in a low place, I guess. And when I did this in the kitchen, I really did do this. And I was standing there with the knife, traveling it over my body. And I was like, I can't believe I'm actually standing in the kitchen doing this with a knife, waving it across my body like a crazy person. And as I was doing that and thinking this to myself, I started laughing out loud. And I was like, this is hilarious. Here I am in the kitchen on my own, waving a knife around myself, trying to cut the auras of the people that I'm carrying. And as I started laughing, I started laughing even more. And eventually I was in hysterical fits of laughter. And what is laughter? Laughter is a type of energy. And it's a very high vibrational, happy, joyous type of energy compared to a very stagnant, stale, stuck, depressed, low energy. So whether whether that exercise of me cutting the, the auras of people around me is something that actually physically work to take or physically or energetically work to take away those auras or whether my shift in energy came as a result of doing the practice doesn't matter. It worked. Like at the end of that, I felt so much lighter because I was laughing and in absolute hysterics with myself. So yeah, just an interesting way of looking at it. If whether it's the placebo effect or not, I don't know, but it's definitely worked for me in the past. Yeah, and it's it's funny actually because there's I've been talking a little bit about my energy and how my energy's been quite low lately. And one of the things I notice is usually in the summer I always feel better. And I've been trying to think like, what is it? Like, is it the hot weather? Is it like is it the sun? And one of the things that I do in the summer is I walk barefoot a lot and I especially walk barefoot a lot on the beach. I also get in the water in the beach. I swim and all of these can potentially be cleansing practices. And um, there is this, you know, in some of the different books that I've read, they do talk about washing away negative energy or grounding yourself. So standing barefoot on the ground and sending 
you know, negative energy back down into the earth. I've been listening to Rebecca Campbell's Light is the New Black, and she talks about like actually putting your hands on a tree. And because your hands are the extension of your heart chakra is um, putting your hands on a tree and then asking the tree to basically take away any negative energy that you're carrying. So I've been doing all of these things. (laughs) (laughs) Tree huggers unite. Yeah. So it's been amazing this week because we've had incredible weather down here in Bournemouth for the first time in ages. It feels like it's just been windy and rainy forever. And now we've got those beautiful spring days where it's still cold, but the sun is out and there's no wind and the water is just calm and beautiful. So I have been walking on the beach and just, even though it's cold, just taking my shoes off, walking in the, in the water. Yeah. And putting my hands on the trees (laughs) and asking them to take away any negative energy. And Probably to the onlooker, especially the tree thing, um, probably <laughs> looks a little bit crazy. But as you say, like when I do it, I feel better. And, and that's what really matters. Many of my clients are looking for ways they can optimize their health through the power of food. I often supercharge their lifestyle with green tea to support them with everything from weight loss to hormonal balance to skin conditions to immune function. As a green tea lover myself, I love that Emerald Matcha is ceremonial grade and approved by the UK Organic Food Federation. Anna has always talked about the health benefits of green tea, but I never really found one that I truly liked. After I tried a sample of Emerald Matcha's high quality green tea, handpicked from the very best farms in Japan, I thought this is definitely a green tea I can get excited about. As a small business owner, it feels really great to support other small family-owned businesses and especially one with such a high emphasis on customer service. I'm so excited to bring green tea into my daily routines as an antioxidant face mask for my skin, putting it into my smoothies and making matcha vegan ice cream. Kombucha and Color are delighted to be partnering with Emerald Matcha Green Tea. Place your order and grab all the health benefits by searching for Emerald Matcha That's Emerald Matcha on Amazon.co.uk. You can use the discount code Kombucha15 for 15% off. I think that so many people can relate to this idea of summer making them feel happy or high vibe. And I think that is largely to do exactly with the reason of being outside. Because when you're outside, you have more chance of being in nature. And when you're in nature, you're connected to something that's bigger than you. You're reminded that you are just this tiny part in this huge, big, grander scheme of things, that there's a whole world out there that's living, breathing, that you are part of and connected to. And I think when we have that feeling of separation from that, that's when we can create anxiety, we can create stress, trauma, dis-ease, when we, when we lose that feeling of wholeness and connected to some connection to something that's bigger than ourselves. So yeah, I totally agree. And also like, as you go down this woo-woo path, the things that were once woo-woo become just normal. So, you know, totally. 10 years from now, you look back and be like, oh yeah, I remember thinking that tree hugging was so woo-woo, but actually that's so tame. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it only, it only gets like, it's a slippery slope, right? <laughs> slippery slope. Yeah. So I have um, a few different rituals that I do, um, especially for manifesting. I've actually, I'm actually holding a crystal in my hand at the moment and had such a funny incident with this crystal the other day. I don't know if you know the show Grace and Frankie. Mm -mm. 
Um, it's a show on Netflix. It is so funny. It is Frankie, who is this very hippie, very woo-woo, spiritual gangster. She's, you know, in her, I don't know, 50s, 60s. And her friend, Grace, who is a lot more pristine. She's very measured, controlled. Like, you know, she's very in her, you know, she's set in her ways and she likes things done a specific way. And they're just very different personalities. And Frankie is this totally woo-woo person. And I said to my husband, I said, Warren, I feel like I'm definitely like Frankie. She's like really out there. She's always in her art studio, painting, mess everywhere, like crazy person. And I was in my room waiting for something to load on my computer. And Warren came in and was trying to get his phone to charge on my plug next to my, com- next to my computer. I'm waiting, waiting for this computer thing to load. And I pick up my crystal and just, I'd just been watching Grace and Frankie. And this is something that so she would totally do. So I point my crystal at the screen and I go, crystal power. (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly the computer loaded everything that it was supposed to load. And I was like, there you go. (laughs) And Warren was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. (laughs) It's like, I see you are exactly Frankie. This is completely woo-woo out there. But yeah, I've got a few different rituals that I do with crystals and with journaling. And especially when I am wanting to manifest something. So manifesting something that I've been talking about a lot in the member site um, on Move, Breathe, Create. But what I like to do is um, once I've got my vision, which is a very clear and very precise picture, um, I take my journal out with that picture or that graphic or something that I've drawn or stuck in and I put it in front of me. Then I light a few candles, which for me is not really anything to do with energy or anything like that. It's just to start creating a space and to, to like kind of kind of signify the beginning of this ritual. Sometimes I then take crystals and place it onto my journal. Sometimes I take mala beads and I let everything kind of settle. I sit sit in front of my journal with the book open in front of me. And sometimes I might do a saging or anything like that. I also then might take an angel card or a tarot card, depending on what's available and what I've got and how I'm feeling. And I'll draw one of those cards and I look at it in reflection to my vision or what I'm wanting to manifest. I maybe sit with my crystals in my hands and close my eyes and do a meditation. Once I've done that, I'll do a little bit of journaling or reflecting on the thing that I'm wanting to manifest. And for me, that has been a really powerful way of starting to get myself into the embodiment of the thing that I'm trying to manifest, which is, as we said before, that getting yourself to that same vibrational state, that same vibrational alignment to the thing that you're wanting to draw into your life. And that's when true manifestation is actually is actually happening. So that is, yeah, some of my little rituals that I do with with that, with manifesting and crystals and some woo-woo things, angel cards. Yeah, and what you've just described, that um, process of getting your vibration aligned, that's essentially the work of Joe Dispenza, which we talk about all the time on the show. I thought we had mentioned him for a while. But, you know, I've done a lot of the Joe Dispenza meditations and some of them are like 40 minutes long. When I did his 28-day program, one of them was like an hour and 15 minutes long. But I've actually been doing something very similar with my energy and I kind of just wanted to highlight that it doesn't have to be a 40 minute meditation or an hour and 15 minute meditation, but it's just something that allows your energy to align with wherever you, wherever you're going, wherever you want to be. So first of all, we obviously you need to be clear on what that is. And that's why you do that journaling process or your diagram or your picture. And then it's just working with that. So for me, I've actually been doing this Wim Hof breathing method and this was something I came across through Naomi Absalom. Naomi Absalom is a 
yoga teacher. She was my very first yoga teacher that I ever had. Um, when I arrived in London, like wide eyed and overwhelmed in 2008, I was working in a gym and it's not very common for like really great yoga teachers to work out of gyms, but fortunately she was teaching there and I started going to her classes and kind of practiced with her, you know, the whole time I was in London until I moved down to Bournemouth and had to seek out other teachers. But she um, has a video on Movement for Modern Life where she teaches this breath practice, which I think is based on the Wim Hof method. And if people aren't familiar with Wim Hof, he's also known as the Iceman. So he does all these crazy he, I think he holds something like 18 world records for like running a marathon in the Arctic Circle and swimming under ice and all these things. But he's trained his body to be incredibly resilient through breath practices and through cold therapy. And I believe Naomi's had some health challenges herself, which she's really supported with these breathing practices. But she's got this um, video on Movement for Modern Life, which is an online yoga platform where she teaches this breath practice. But then at the end, she just does this five-minute version of this Joe Dispenza meditation. And what's really funny is when she was having all these health issues, she actually emailed me and she asked me what she should do. And I said, well, there's a lot of different things you could do, but why don't you look into Joe Dispenza? So it was kind of like everything had come full circle because I was like, oh my gosh, like I nudged her to do this and now she's using it and she's creating a video and she's doing it with other people and now I'm using the advice that I gave her back. So it's kind of cool how the world works. But yeah, so it's just doing these breath practices and then just spending five minutes meditating on, and I've just been meditating on love because love is a healing energy. And I feel that that's what my body needs right now. My body needs physical healing. So if I can get my physical vibration into a place of love that has the potential perhaps to accelerate the whatever healing my body needs right now. So the reason why I shared the whole story is because it doesn't have to be this very long-winded process. But what I do think it has to be is a regular process. So it has to be something that you're doing daily as a little ritual or maybe once a week on a Sunday to set you up for your week. And then you have other things that you do during the week. But it's just consistently doing those things that help you to check in with yourself, to check in with your energy and to check that your, your focus is going where you want your energy to flow. So something like a five minute breathing practice should really be like our daily housekeeping. It's like brushing your teeth or it's like eating breakfast or having your morning cup of coffee. Like those are some things that are almost like the non-negotiable part of your day. Just having five minutes, even if it is just to sit with yourself in silence or meditation or whatever it is. But as you were speaking about that breathing practice, and that's also this thing of when you go down this woo-woo path, how things that you once thought were crazy suddenly are not crazy at all. When I did my first yoga teacher training, one of the um, teachers said, you know, some people, they just go to an hour-long class where it's breathing. And I was like, what? You mean you just sit for an hour and you breathe for an hour? Like, who's going to want to, like, that's weird. And like two weeks ago, whenever it was last, end of last year, uh, there I am sitting in an hour long breathing class. And I'm like, here I am breathing for an hour, just breathing. And it was the best day ever. So yeah, it's just like how your perception of things change as you move and you, and you realize the benefits of it. And I think that's the, the magical part of it or the magical component that keeps people 
returning to it because if you're not experiencing the benefit of it, then you have no desire or impetus to keep doing it. So when you can, and that, that benefit only really comes, as you say, through that regular practice. So that consistency and continuing to do the things, do the work, show up again and again, that's when you start feeling the benefits of it. And when you feel the benefits of it, then you're like, oh yeah, that that's really been helping me. So then you kind of move to the next level and look back at the thing before and go, oh yeah, that was really not that woo-woo, but here I am on level, level, next level, whatever. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because I've just started, I'm not sure when this episode will go out, but as we're recording this, my next round of my Grounded Goddess program starts on Monday. And one of the ladies who's joined the program, she has actually been a previous client for me, but I think we worked together in 2015. And that was when I was running my program, which was called Ladies That Lift. And it was very much about like weight training and tracking macros with some mindset stuff, but not really it was much more practical mindset stuff as opposed to like the real like heart centered spiritual mindset stuff that I'm into now. And when we, we had a call before she joined the program and she was, and she said to me, you know, when you first started changing the direction of your business, I thought that you had lost the plot. (laughs) And she said, but now I get it. And obviously hence the reason she was, she was on the call, but like initially she thought Anna has gone mad. And then as she sort of grown and developed and I guess her, her mind and her heart has become more open. She's like, oh yeah, now I'm ready to embrace this. Mm. So there is always this, I guess we've done the personal development episode, but there's always this natural evolving of our consciousness. And as more things come into our consciousness, we become more open to, to different things. What you're explaining there is something that's so important about the identity shift that you go through when you're on this journey. And it can sometimes be very hard or challenging for people on the outside to understand it when they haven't experienced it themselves. So it's a hard thing, I think, to manage when you have people who don't quite understand. And I think that's where the importance of having a tribe or having a people or group of people that really get you and you can communicate with without feeling like, oh, Shay has gone really off the wall or like bonkers. But I think it's, it's about giving people the opportunity to understand it from your perspective or how it's helped you and how it's, it's made you grow in yourself, I guess. Yeah, and um, there's a difference between knowledge and information and wisdom. And wisdom is when we really have the experience or the embodiment of the knowledge or the information. And that's what I often say to the clients I work with is I say to them, look, I can't really intellectualize this for you. You're just going to have to have a little bit of trust and follow the process, follow the guidance, follow the, the steps that I'm giving you. And you will come to understand through your own experience. So there's a few more things I've been doing. <laughs> okay, tell me. <laughs> so actually one of them we've talked about, I do believe on the show already. I think previously we had a conversation about cold showers. The cold shower recommendation I'd initially given to you, I think because you were complaining of cold hands and feet and maybe also I know we've, we've had multiple conversations about you not sleeping so well. You know, I had told you about having the cold showers and how that's quite good for you. And that has that came very much from my, psychoneuroimmunology training because that was something that they talked about but it's also something that is in the Wim Hof method as well so I'm on the cold showers now which in Krakow was freezing the shower was so cold there and it's it's yeah the shower at the gym is like the best one it's not so cold my shower at home (laughs) is like the middle ground and then my shower and the shower um in Krakow was 
freezing. But I've been doing that one minute um, each day. So you have your like normal shower like you would when you wash yourself. And then at the end, you just turn, you have to start the, the breathing first. And then you turn the temperature down and you stand under the shower for one minute. Next week, I'm going to build it up for to two minutes and so on. But because now the weather has been so amazing in Bournemouth, the next thing I want to do is to go swimming in the sea. And because I, it's freezing, this is actually the coldest time of the year because the water has been cooling down throughout the whole of winter. So that is another crazy thing that I'm going to be doing, which I can report back on. But I've had this experience before. And I remember last year when the weather started to turn and I started to first brave the ocean is I get a lot of pain. Um, when I'm experiencing pain in my body, I get a lot of pain through, through my neck and my upper back. And I remember going into the ocean and because I didn't want to get my hair wet, I kind of went to just made it so the water would cover my shoulders. The pain in my neck and shoulders intensified when I went into the cold. And that's probably because there's constriction of the blood vessels. So there's not as much blood flow in the muscles. And that can obviously be associated with pain. But then when I got out again, I felt so much better. And so I talked a little bit about this in the previous episode, but when you have been feeling so unwell and so debilitated by how you've been feeling, you will do anything <laughs> to feel a little bit better, um, including swim in the sea when it's absolutely freezing cold. The breathwork guy that I went to the breathing practice with, he actually, his, his name is the breath guy on Instagram. If you want to look him up, it's Richie someone. Yeah, but I he, thought I had seen that you'd been to some course. I'm very curious mm, to know more mm. now. He was actually trained by Wim Hof as well. And he's running workshops with infrared lighting, which is the heat source and ice baths. So basically the whole thing is that you get into this completely ice bath, which is similar to you being in the ocean, like completely immersing yourself in this freezing, freezing cold water. And when people were asking him, well, how long do you have to stay in the water? And his response was until you can regulate the nervous system, because what happens, and you'll notice this if you try this with the cold shower, which I've done, and you can audibly hear as you turn the shower to that cold, your nervous system automatically go into this <gasps> mm. if you haven't regulated it through the breath first. So his thing is that when you get into this ice cold bath, you might initially have this <gasps> So you stay in the bath until you can regulate the breathing and until you can kind of get your body to relax again into that cold. And then you've kind of, that's the point of it. You've, you've triggered the nervous system to release, to get into the parasympathetic system so that you can come back into that state of calm as opposed to that shock. Yeah. And because you mentioned the word parasympathetic system, I know this is not necessarily woo-woo. Now we're actually going into quite a bit of science. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And I had to. <laughs> Knock it in there. Did you see what I did? Um, one of the other things that I've been doing is to measure my heart rate variability. So heart rate variability. This is definitely not woo-woo. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not woo-woo, but really helpful for anybody who's listening is heart rate variability, HRV, is the variability of your heartbeat. So say your heart is beating 60 times in a minute. It doesn't beat like a metronome. So it doesn't beat every second on the second for 60 seconds. It might beat at 0.9 seconds and then it might beat at 1.1 seconds and then it might beat at two seconds or so on and so on. So, but the average beats per minute is 60. So the more variety there is or the more variability in terms of the frequency 
the I guess the less it is like a metronome, the more your parasympathetic nervous system is activated. And this is the part of the nervous system that's um, involved in rest, restoration, and recovery. The more metronomic your heartbeat becomes, the less variability there is, the more you are activating your sympathetic system. So I've got a Bluetooth heart rate monitor and I use the Elite HRV app, which is just a free app you can download from the app store. And every single morning, first thing, I measure my heart rate variability and it will tell me if I'm in my parasympathetic or sympathetic system and um, how much I am in that system. And it's really been interesting for me to sort of build up, I guess, a little bit of a, a collection of patterns. Like when I do X, Y, and Z, then I'm have a really good score the next day. Or when I do X, Y, and Z, I have a really bad score the next day. So it's really helping me to be the detective of my own health in determining, okay, you know, what are the things that help me versus what are the things that are stopping me getting better? And then I can also make decisions about, like, well, if my plan was to go to the gym today, and even though I feel okay, maybe I shouldn't push it. Maybe I just need to go for a walk instead and just be a little bit more sensible about how I'm treating my body. And there have definitely been decisions that I've made now that I wouldn't have made if I wasn't tracking that data. And I, I've been feeling well, more well, at least over the past week. So there's something to be said for that, in addition to breathing and braving the cold. <laughs> Um, so just with that heart rate variability, when you're tracking it, does it tell you the information from the day before? So it's not just like, oh, you wake up in the morning and this is what it's telling you at the present moment reading it, or is it a picture from the entire day before? It's The, the variability is, is in the moment. So you take a two-minute reading and it's telling you what your variability is like in that moment. But there's the app has the opportunity for you to log, like, what did you sleep? What activity did you do the day before? If you have any muscle soreness, uh, how sore are your muscles? What are your energy levels like? So you can start to piece together information. Like when you see what the reading is, you can be like, oh yeah, well, I didn't sleep so well. And it also gets you to objectively or sorry subjectively um assess your like was my sleep good quality or neutral or bad quality so you can start to see the variables and so for example on tuesday night i um had to speak to someone who was going to join ground of goddess and um, we had to speak after work so i was working until half past eight at night and then i didn't sleep very well and my variability was really poor. It was very low. Then last night, because of that, I really set the intention to go to bed early. I read my book. I did a little bit of Reiki on myself before I fell asleep. I was asleep by nine o'clock. I made sure that I took some steps to make sure that I had a good night's sleep. I put earplugs in because the cats have been very noisy recently. So I did all these things to make sure that my sleep was good. So having that unwind time and then a good night's sleep then swings the needle completely the other way. Speaking of sleep, another thing that I do that's a bit maybe, well, it's not really woo, it's, but I often do a yoga nidra before I go to bed and I've been taking CBDs and lozenges and sometimes oil and I put my eye, like my heavy eye mask over my eyes. And last night when I was getting into bed, I was like, oh no, my eye mask is not next to my bed as it usually is. And I was like, oh, but do I get out of bed now and go and find it or do I just let it go? Or it's like, no, you must not get attached to all these different things because then suddenly when the conditions are not right, then you're going to trigger yourself not being able to sleep. I was like, 100% true. He's very um, wise, that Warren. Very wise, old Warren. Um, 
But just swinging it back from heart rate variability all the way back to the woo-woo scale, something else woo-woo that I don't know if this is just woo-woo or overshare, but I have started changing from using tampons to a natural sea sponge and it has been really, really interesting. I have um, never heard of that. So you have you never heard of that? provide more specific details about what a natural sea sponge is. So it is exactly what it sounds. It is a natural sponge that comes from the sea and you use it instead of a tampon. And this might sound like super super woo-woo for somebody who's maybe like, oh gosh, she has lost the plot. But I suppose when you move down this woo-woo path, yeah, the next door, another layer. Yeah, the next door just opens. The next door just opens the next door. Um, and soon we're going to be all hugging the trees. Like <laughs> me. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a really interesting experience. I wanted to do it for the sustainability reasons and just because there's just been lots of stuff that's linked to bleachers and tampons. And I've been just thinking a little bit more about it. And the reason why I haven't done it before is that oh, it's a bit like weird and gross and how do I deal with it all? But on the other hand of it is it's just your body. Like everything that's in your body is just your body. So I think the more that the more connected you are to the body, the less those kind of things freak you out. At least that's my been my personal experience and journey with this personally. So well, you a put little... a link to your sea sponge in the show notes. I will. I will indeed. <laughs> I also wanted to be, I use tampons as well. And I also wanted to change for the sustainability reasons as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just something new, isn't it? And maybe out of your comfort zone. And it's just taking that first step, which as you say, opens the next door and the next door and the <laughs> next door. Yeah. And on, on the personal development podcast, we, we, chatted about what I chatted about um, Uma Dinsmore-Tuli's course, which I did. She's an amazing woman in the yoga sphere who does lots of work on pregnancy yoga and womb yoga and postnatal, prenatal. And she's just like a really like nourishing practice. That's what she believes in. Women must be nourished and in beautiful spaces. And so I really love what she does. And when I went to her workshop, maybe two or three years ago, she was talking about this idea of, you know, we, we must take our menstrual blood and we must deposit it to the trees. And I was like, this woman has lost the plot. She is loopy. That is crazy. I'll never do that. And now since I've been using the sea sponge, I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I can totally see how that's definitely easily possible. So <laughs> yeah, it's just like... <laughs> And I'm not so sure how the sponge works, but like if someone's using a moon cup, for example, where you're actually literally getting this little cup of blood, like go put it in your plant pot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, guys, level up to the next level of rule if you would like. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually just wanted to um, share this book because we've been talking about all these like rituals and crystals and beautiful spaces. I've just started reading this book, which is the Inner Beauty Bible. And the author is Laurie Simmons. It's actually just a really nice book for people who want to maybe learn a little bit more. As I said, I've only just started reading it. And it's kind of one of those nice before bed books where you don't want to read anything too heavy. And you could probably just open on any page and read a couple of pages. It's not like something you need to read from start to finish. So I've just dipped into the crystal section of the book. But she goes into detail about like, what are the, like, how do crystals actually work? Like, what are the benefits, the different crystals and what they're for? And then she talks about creating sacred spaces and all the different things you could put in your sacred spaces, like feathers or shells and collecting things from nature. And it's just like a really nice book for anybody who is interested in um, maybe creating and developing some more rituals or maybe also just wants to understand a little bit more about, like, 
why did Anna wear her crystals in her pockets when she went to Auschwitz? You know, maybe if you want a little bit more of the information behind it. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing. Anything else you want to add about your woo-woo self? No, just that I love also card decks. I think I've got a little bit of a card deck problem at the moment. I was using the Goddess cards by Megan Waterson, and she's also got a great audiobook or book which is called Reveal, which is a lot about the divine feminine, which I love. I was drawing a Goddess card almost every single day as part of a morning ritual, and I found them really, really inspiring, insightful, and meaningful at the time. Although I kind of feel like now I've reached this point where that deck has served its purpose and now I'm going to move on to Rebecca Campbell's oracle cards and see how they go but I've also got a set of cards by Doreen Virtue I've got a set of chakra cards I can't remember who they're by and I've got a set of tarot cards so that's also just something I love to do just at home when I just maybe feel like I need a little bit of something a little bit of guidance it's also something that's really nice to do with friends if you want to have like a bit of a girly hippie day or afternoon yeah I've also got a really beautiful set of tarot cards and the reason why I love them is just the graphics on them are just absolutely gorgeous that's the luminar tarot cards and they are so beautifully designed and just they make my heart sing when I when I open them and they they're really complex in the messaging that they give so it's a really in-depth and yeah it's a it's a nice juicy thing to sink our teeth into so that's also that you can have a look at those if you're interested I think we're going to have a lot of links in our show notes today. Yes, shotgun not doing them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to our show. And you can check out the show notes at the end if you'd like some links. And if you have any rituals or cool little woo-woo things that you do, maybe take a photograph. You can post it on Instagram. You can use the hashtag Kombuchankala and maybe tag us in your photo. Um, Share some of the spiritual love and inspiration and ritual. Awesome. I love that. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide 
nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.